When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. And BetUS gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, and I am joined by Mason West. And Mason, before we actually started this, it, it, it seemed like a long time since we had been on, but it was just last Thanksgiving. But I have to ask you, how did that Turduncan come out? Oh, man, it was it was good, but a little, it was all right. Uh, like really all three birds kind of melded together into a single poultry E flavor that was, that was, you couldn't really distinguish one from another. Um, I'm still chomping on it though. They, you know, they, I guess still got some extra left over that, that I'm having here and there. Probably today's the last day that I can really do that. But if I did it again, I probably would have each bird prepare, prepare a little separately and then combine it versus getting it all as one big thing that I just throw in the oven. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I had to ask because I've never tried it. And, you know, just I was curious because that was a, you know, a good topic of discussion. But I would say 
I think we're officially done with our leftovers as of, I think earlier this week. And look, I don't mind, man. Like I love eating ham stuffing, all, all mashed potatoes, all of it. I can do it for actually probably a week afterwards is probably my limit. Now that I think about it, it's great. And it's perfect for, for Thanksgiving, but yeah, I just had to ask you about that Mason before we get to talking about the bears and they're coming off a win, which has been something that we haven't been able to talk about for quite some time. So before we kind of dive into this preview episode, highlighting this week 13 matchup between the Bears and Cardinals, just quick hit on some of the news that's been happening up until this day, Thursday, at, at the time of this recording. Uh, recently or earlier today, Robert Quinn uh, was announced that he is the defensive player of the month for uh, November for the NFC. So I think, you know, great recognition for a guy that's really just – a polar opposite of what we saw last year when you saw him when the we get the award mason just what were your thoughts well deserved uh was one of the first things uh, that i thought and then the second thing i thought of was i did not think i'd be saying that you know like we keep saying <laughs> that th the change from last year to this year was so substantial and you can't help but think like what was the reason for it you there had to have been something lingering you know a lot of times you don't really hear about players maladies they had there's a rumor about drop foot going on all these things like that. there had to be something because to make that big of a change when the system is more or less the same the players around him are more or less the same uh you won't imagine that there was something really going on with him injury wise and it was great it's, it's fantastic that he he made the flip that he did uh because he was really getting down you know blasted by you know fans media etc and it's good to see that turnaround it definitely is so i was happy for him and you know now we're in december we'll see what robert quinn can do to just build off of that you know fantastic november performance uh and what he was able to do there um and then just quick hit on the injury report for today and you know mason you know you said jokingly before the podcast we started here like we could have 15 minutes on this injury report because it seems like every time the bears have an extended break whether it was their bye week or even this kind of mini bye after the thanksgiving game more guys end up on on the injury list so here are a list of the players that did not practice today uh for thursday you have mario edwards marquise goodwin akeem hicks Allen Robinson, Roquan Smith, Damian Williams, and then Jimmy Graham didn't practice because of a, a, a vet day. You had Cole Komet, who was limited, and so was Justin Fields. Obviously, Fields still dealing with that rib injury. And then the only person on the injury report that had the had the four-letter word full next to it was Tashawn Gibson. So lengthy list there, Mason. Um, out of any of those and Keem Hicks is dealing with the ankle, Allen Robinson, the hamstring, Roquan hamstring, Damian Williams, the calf. And like I said, Jimmy Graham, the vet is there anybody that's still is more concerning than, than any others on there. The ones that be the biggest for me are going to be Justin Fields and Roquan Smith. Uh, you can see the reason why pretty similar youth and they're the, what's going to be important for this team going forward. You know, once we get past this, if you kind of kind of a year that we've had going on right now the rest you know akeem hicks is he going to be back next year i mean he's the heart and soul of the team defense when he's there but he just has been in and out jimmy graham is jimmy graham and yes that was more of a vet day thing more likely than not you know marquis goodwin he's found a little bit of something the last couple of weeks uh mario edwards one less chance to get you know a penalty uh called on him so there's there's that <laughs> at least uh 
and then Damien Williams with the emergence of Quill Herbert, you're like, eh, okay, you know, don't really, you're not too worried about that. And of course, Alan Robinson. I mean, Alan Robinson is still playing for a contract, so for him personally, it's big that he's missing. But at the same time, does he want to put himself out there when he's not 100% and either A, underperform, or B, potentially get hurt worse when there is a chance that he's going to be trying to get on another team or, you know, playing for a new contract with the Bears? I mean, you still can't rule that out. No, you definitely can't because uh, these are important couple of games that are still left for the Bears. And looking at what, four and seven, I think the regular season kind of caps off where the Bears are looking to see what they still have in him and obviously what Allen Robinson wants to see from himself. And also, you know, you get a guy out once Justin Fields hopefully, you know, returns from that rib injury. I want to see Allen Robinson out there. I think that gives the best opportunity to not only see what Justin Fields can still do as a quarterback, but again, anytime you have your top receiver, your number one guy out there going to help your, your offense kind of perform and stay on the field. So that was all I had for like news. Mason, did you have anything um, else that you want to add before we kind of get into this Bears Cardinals matchup? Yeah. So before we get going, there's uh, two other little things. One, uh, early, earlier in the week, uh, Matt Nagy was asked about Trey Cohen. Still really nothing heard on that front. And kind of goes back to what we had said at the beginning of the year. Don't really think that he's going to be playing this year. Um, it was a big question mark of when he would come back. I was kind of saying like maybe weeks eight, week nine, kind of that area. Uh, but then there was that questionable, oh, was there a second surgery? And at this point, one probably can assume that he's probably not coming back this year. So that's always important to know. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I got a little mini game for you to play here, Nick. And it's I'll, I'll tell you why we're doing it afterwards. So I'm going to give you three players, player A, B, C, and I'm going to give you a stat line for each of those players. Your goal is going to be to guess who they are. So the only hint you get is that is Bears quarterback. That's all you get to know. Okay. All right. This is uh that'll be fun. And I will probably, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how limited I am in my Bears quarterback knowledge once you get to that minigame. So I'm really looking forward to that, Mason. But let's get into talking about this week 13 matchup, Bears Cardinals at Soldier Field. Just kind of initial perception of this nine and two best record in football Cardinals that will be that we will be seeing at Soldier Field. I think what's kind of what is impressive about, you know, just the makeup of this Cardinals team is that even when Kyler Murray was out, you lose a guy that was in contention uh, in just in the MVP race and, you know, still coming back, he probably could still implement himself into that. The Cardinals didn't look like a team that was lost, a team that couldn't function. They were still doing some good things offensively with Colt McCoy as a quarterback, but they went two and one without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, their number one wide receiver, got road wins against the 49ers and Seahawks. And the more and more I see the Seahawks on national television or just at any point, the more and more I see that the Seahawks are just a team that really is just in a downward spiral, which is crazy to see, especially, you know, with Russell Wilson being back. But yeah, Colt McCoy, even when he was the quarterback in place of Kyler Murray, a guy that was efficient, you know, threw for 328 yards, two touchdowns, avoided pressure multiple times in that game against the Seahawks. So and the the one loss uh, that they had with Kyler Murray before he actually exited with that injury was off that weird interception to A.J. Green, the back right corner in the end zone. The, the Cardinals get down the field. They can at least tie the game to go into overtime, and then there's just some miscommunication that happened between Murray and A.J. Green. If that doesn't happen, 
you know, this could be, you know, easily a, a football team that maybe could be undefeated at this point. Who knows? But yeah, just a, a very good football team, well-rounded in all areas. But Mason, you, you hear Arizona Cardinals, what's kind of the first, what, what are your just initial perceptions of this football team? So the first thing I think of when I hear Arizona Cardinals is, you know, we let them off the hook. And then you realize, (laughs) oh, wait, this isn't the same team. And you just exactly like you said, it's a well-rounded team. Uh, They probably will get into it when we talk about their their offense a little more specifically. But they they don't really run the ball as well as you would like maybe a team when they're going to be, you know, pushing hard in the playoffs. But that offense is explosive. They have a very good head coach. You know, apparently every college is talking to him right now. (laughs) If you believe all those like rumors that are floating around there. Uh, and so it's it's hard. And that was, like you said, it was with Colt McCoy without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but you saw what a well-coached team can do. You don't lose your identity entirely, right? You have a quarterback that can step in, but you shift it and change it enough that you play to the strengths of the quarterback that you do have in there. And then what's going to happen this week when in very inevitably we're probably going to see Kyler Murray play. That's what most reports are saying. Going to shift right back to the original offense, which is explosive using Kyler Murray's ability to run, his you know good vision, his good decision making, uh, and just keep chugging along. Yeah, so that I think even with Cole McCoy, I felt like they didn't take as many downfield shots. But yeah. now that you have Kyler Murray back and DeAndre Hopkins back, and a Bears defense has given up some big plays, hey, we're going to be in the press box and witness all of that. And you know what, Mason, we we missed out on seeing Lamar Jackson play, so. I'm happy to see Kyler Murray. I had this matchup circled for a long I, I was actually thinking about going to this game because I, I really wanted to see Kyler Murray. And it looks like that's finally going to happen. We missed out on Lamar Jackson, not missed out on Kyler Murray. So I'm just intrigued to watch this, uh, watch to see what he can do at the quarterback position. But before, let, let's talk about this Bears offense because they scored 16 points against the Lions, got their first win in over a month. And it was just 16 points against the Lions defense that really isn't very good. And one of the categories I want to talk about real quickly are is the red zone and how the Bears have just all season really struggled in this area of the field. Right now, 28th in the NFL at 50% in red zone scoring. They were one for three against Detroit. And Arizona right now is tied for sixth in red zone scores, only giving up 1.6 touchdowns. How you get 1.6 touchdowns, I don't know, but that's what the stat is. So they're a team that, one, doesn't allow touchdowns to happen. But, hey, the Bears are a team that have, hasn't been very good at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Mason, um, yeah, obviously that's a, a stat that we would love to see the Bears improve on. But they've had more time off having just played a game on Thursday. Is there any hope that this this could be the week of all weeks that – you know, the Bears can maybe fix this area that they're not doing very well in? Oh, man. So what's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that's kind of what the Bears do, the same thing over and over. It would also (laughs) be insane to expect all of a sudden that something like that's going to change. You know, all season long, off their offense is ranked currently 28th in the league. Offensive success percentage, 29th. Passing DVOA, 27th. Even their rushing has dipped down a little bit. Like, that's still not where it used to be. And, you know, against a Lions team, they definitely did not run the ball as well as we thought they would. Offensive DBOA overall, 27. I mean, I could go on and on. And the part that's difficult with that, right, I said they are who we thought they were. The Bears are who we think they are. (laughs) So the question becomes, well, what's going to happen on the other side of the ball, right? Can they take advantage of the Cardinals defense? But 
spoiler alert, Cardinals defense is also very good. Uh, they currently rank eighth in blitz percentage at 30.5%, which is going to be really tough with the poorest offensive line in terms of their pass blocking, a less mobile, not, not immobile, Andy Dalton can move, but less mobile, assuming Justin's not going to play Andy Dalton. Their third, third and third down conversions allowed at 57.6%. They're ranked sixth in turnover percent at 16.1%. They also limit explosive pass plays, and that's something that they're going to need to do. At They're ranked second at 6%. Well, there is a silver lining, though. They allow 17% of explosive run plays, which ranks 32nd. So if the Bears can stick to what kind of got them to a lot of those wins, which is the running game of Dave Montgomery, sprinkle in Khalil Herbert more than four carries a game, please. They could potentially flip this around. And the question is, well, why does that happen? What happens is when they think it's a run play, they use a very, very heavy box with a lot of blitz. Now, if the blitz gets home, great. Usually you're going to get a you know, loss of damage. Uh, excuse me, you're going to get a tackle in the backfield, maybe a one or two yard game. But if that blitz doesn't get home and, you know, the lineman can get up to the second level, gap opens up. Now, all of a sudden, you create these big running lanes. And that's something that the Bears are going to have to take advantage of if they have any chance in this game. That's exactly, I had that in my notes here, the emphasis on the run game, because they really got away from that, or it just hasn't, it wasn't a focal point in the game against Detroit. And when you go back to the game against Baltimore, it wasn't as prominent as we'd seen in the past, but this could be an area if you're looking to exploit something on, on this Arizona Cardinals defense, they've, they've given up some yards on the ground and even the Seattle Seahawks as inept and, you know, dysfunctional as that offense is looking right now, they were actually able to do some things at times, uh, you know, just running the football. So that is definitely going to be a key area for this bears offense, bill laser to scheme up runs for not just David Montgomery, but like you said, Khalil Herbert in this game, get a good mix, hopefully get a good, good flow of just runs in there. But you know, in order to do that, they have to be better in third down. They're they're currently 30th right now, Mason, and third down conversion percentage at 33.6. You know, five of 13 against the Detroit Lions on on Thanksgiving, and Arizona is third in the NFL in third down conversion percentage. So, again, it's a it's it's a Arizona Cardinal strength versus a Bears weakness on offense, and really a lot of the areas you can look at for the Bears offense are weaknesses and. You look in the opposite end for the Cardinals, their strengths. But I think one area as well that the Bears can try to utilize that will maybe open up things for the passing game, hopefully keep them on the field, is really just utilizing those tight ends. We saw it come back in a game against Detroit. We saw them utilize the tight ends in Pittsburgh. They kind of forgot about – well, they definitely forgot about it against Baltimore where I think it was total – I don't even remember the total number of targets, but it just wasn't – clearly enough but they do that targeting the middle of the field jimmy graham scored a touchdown a seam route in the game against detroit you saw cole Komet being very effective and even jimmy graham in that game against pittsburgh but it opened things up so i think you know this kind of goes into you know our other segment of the show like key's offensive success it really is rush running the football david montgomery khalil herbert but also utilizing those tight ends opening the middle of the field up and if you could do that, maybe you can get better in the other categories where the Bears are at bottom in the league with third down conversion percentage, red zones, those kind of areas. But that are de- those are definitely areas that I would like to see the Bears try to utilize in this game against the Arizona Cardinals. Mason, is there anything else that you kind of want to touch on here for this, for the Bears offense and 
even again this this Arizona Cardinals defense. I don't think that the Bears are going to have to necessarily do the same kind of pass protection that they did when Justin was in there. Uh, Andy is definitely at this point in time due to veteran status, you know, how many blitzes, how many defenses he's seen. He's a little better right now at cognitively flowing through and getting through, you know, picking up the blitzes, things like that. But I do think that they're going to have to give a little more protection than they have recently. You know, they got away from that. It feels like in the last couple of games where they weren't using some of the heavy sets. And again, they don't need to have three tight ends to, on the field <laughs> at all times or anything like that. But you would like to see, you know, a chip, more of a chip out of the backfield, you know, motion, one of the tight ends, maybe it's a Jimmy Graham, maybe a Jesse James would love to see more of him for sure. You know, motion across the formation, chip on Chandler Jones, who is a formidable opponent on the other side. you got to stop him um, before going out on a route, because if you're going to get the tight ends involved, you're going to need a little bit of time, right? Their route is not going to be a one, two, three, boom route for the most part. Cole Komet does not get the most separation at this point in time. He's you, you need a little bit of time there. So I would love to see, a little more ingenuity in terms of how you're blocking, especially against a team like this, where I just said they are top half, top a 10 in the league in blitz. You're not going to have time to get a, a seam route a lot of the times, unless that's your hot route, which doesn't happen all that often. It doesn't. So, and then one last thing uh, that I'll mention about this Bears offense too, is like, that's, that's where we hope, or the hope is that Andy Dalton's experience can kind of come into play in this matchup, identifying, Hey, where's the blitz coming from? And where do I need to go with this football? And, you know, you compare that to Justin Fields right now. Obviously, Andy Dalton's going to have a better idea of how to kind of approach those kind of things. So he's seen more in terms of defenses, what they can bring at him. So that's going to be the hope that maybe Andy Dalton's experience can help mitigate that, that high blitz percentage, looking at Cardinals blitz 39.4% of the time. So if they're doing that, consistently you're hoping that Andy Dalton can identify where to go. And that one, even the play has kind of that, that I guess out route or something just to where you can identify, well, this is where we can beat the blitz or Hey, if Andy Dalton needs an audible, which he's capable of doing as well, that can also help this bears offense stay on the field and hopefully put up more than 16 points because you're, you're scoring 16 points against the Cardinals. They're going to double that. And then it's not going to be a very good day for us at soldier field. Um, one last, I think, I guess, area to kind of uh, highlight too here for this Bears offense and this Cardinals defense. Mason, when you look at this matchup, what concerns you the most when you look at the Cardinals defense, what they can do, the playmakers that they have and against this Bears offense? Is there one, is there one player? Is there something in particular that really concerns you in this matchup? It's a combination of two things because they definitely feed off each other. One is going to be... Again, I mentioned him earlier, Chandler Jones. I mean, he's had a couple of um, really good games this year. And, you know, he's had some quiet ones too. But for the most part, that that ability to, to generate pass rush is huge. And then off of that, it's going to be the turnovers, right? So, and we saw that in the Lions game. There were, I thought, at least two other passes that Andy Dolan could have had intercepted. One of them mm -hmm. being in the red zone. And then eventually he did give one away. If you have any chance to beat this Cardinals team, you cannot leave the red zone with zero points and you really really shouldn't be leaving with just three points you have to be trying to convert because it's going to be difficult to get there in the first place let alone score so you, you cannot be turning the ball over and dalton's going to have to stay calm under pressure he shouldn't be trying to fit it through super tight windows and the ability to pass block and stop that cardinals pass rush is going to be a big part of that 
It absolutely is. And that's kind of what I had here in my notes. And the thing about Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, Marcus Golden has 10 sacks on the season. Well, to Chandler Jones has, um, he, let's see where I have you at, eight sacks. They they swap sides. Like this, you'll see Chandler Jones primarily go against the left tackle, but it's not going to be uncommon for those guys to switch and actually stay on that side for an entire series. And then when the next defensive series for the Cardinals comes up, they may be on the opposite end. So if you're Larry Borum, you're Jason Peters, you better be – you. they obviously are looking at film on both these guys because you're going to see them both come at them at different times throughout the game. So you got to be prepared with what they can bring as pass rushers because the Cardinals have 29 sacks. They are just three behind the Bears. They can get after the quarterback, and they like to blitz something that the Bears do not do. So definitely have to watch out for that in this matchup. So before we talk about this Bears defense – I have to tell you about our partners with Owen. If you're like me and Mason, we like to work out and stay active. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. And that's why we drink Owen. That's right, Owen, which stands for only what you need. All of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shake and the one I just tried, Mason. I don't know if you tried the No Nut Butter Cup, but if you're watching this on the on the podcast or on YouTube and listening uh, on the podcast, you definitely have to try this one. I think this, this could easily be my new favorite one. No Nut Butter Cup has 35 grams of protein. Tastes delicious. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. You can get 20% off your first purchase with the code TCA20 at liveowen.com, O-W-Y-N, and that's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use that code TCA20. Join myself, Mason, Justin Fields, and try Owen, only what you need. All right, this is the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Nicholas Moriano. I'm joined by Mason West. We're going to talk about this Bears defense and Mason, I feel like almost uh, a lot of these shows, it's like, man, here's what the Bears defense has to face this week. This is a, a daunting task. You're going to face Kyler Murray. You have DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore is a great rookie wide receiver. There's AJ Green. There's a whole, all these names. As, as we're kind of talking about this game and what the defense has to do, probably without, and it's looking like without a Roquan Smith. Uh, potentially at Akeem Hicks. Obviously, there's no more Khalil Mack for the season. Oh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts about this Bears defense and the challenge they have this week? Uh, man, if <laughs> this is a this is a good get right game for the Cardinals, you know, in terms of letting Kyler DeAndre <laughs> be like, all right, let's feel this out and you know warm up a little bit. Um, there are people every once in a while talk about okay, there are still pieces on this defense, and there are, but the problem mm -hmm. is some of the people there's very few young up and coming pieces. And then the ones that have more established are hurt, not available, regressed, things of that nature, which is just really rough. And, you know, you got Jalen Johnson who you're relatively confident in. I mean, he scores out pretty well. He does pretty good, you know, pretty well against some of that top tier talent. Every once in a while has moments, every DB does, but then you go on the other side and there's a question mark, what's going on there. Um, you know, obviously Artie Burns started last week with the thing uh, against the lions. He gave up that deep touchdown. Definitely recovered the rest of the game, played well the rest of the game, but 
you always have to put that asterisk. Lions are the Lions. And then even this week, uh, you know, Sean Desai talked about, they still have plans apparently for Kendall Vildor. So what does that mean? Does that mean he is getting a couple looks here? Is he moving the slot? Is he starting? We're not really sure what's going on there. And we talked about this a couple of different weeks ago. It's apparent that really the Bears are the pass rush. If they don't have the pass rush, the rest of it falls apart, you know, in terms of the interceptions. Because, you know, the interceptions, they had the, uh, what was it, three against the Bengals. And then they were few and far between since then. And that's because people have been hurt in and out of the lineup. Really hard to generate that kind of a pass rush. Now you're missing a Roquan Smith, who's tackling machine. Who's going to make up for that? Dane Trevathan obviously is on IR, so he's not there. So who's going to be really your two linebackers? There's just so many questions here. You don't match up well against this team at all. And again, and I haven't even mentioned, you already mentioned him, Rondell Moore. I love Rondell Moore. I think he could be a wide receiver too on a, you know, a lot of different offenses. And the Cardinals are lucky enough to have them as the wide receiver three and return guy. So they are just have a plenty with talent. And we haven't even talked about James Conner, who is a very solid running back. He's not going to blow you out of the water. Like I would rather have David Montgomery than James Conner personally, but he's better than a lot of other running backs in the league. He's a good pass catcher and he's good. He's, so he's going to get the job done there as well. It's, and then you're not even talked about the coach and that's a whole other conversation that you can have. They have so many guys like Christian Kirk is a name that we haven't even mentioned yet. Just another guy that you could throw to, and you're going to get production out of like, I love watching Rondell Moore. Just he, and we'll talk about this later, specific yards after catch, what he's able to do avoiding players. Like I see, I foresee that being a problem on Sunday, especially if the weather is bad. I, I think it's going to be raining and cold. Yes. Obviously the Arizona Cardinals play indoors, but you know, when you have that many playmakers, it, it definitely helps even if you're in an environment that you're not very used to, but I'm glad that you, you brought up like there's questions like, one of them is like, how does the defense adjust without a Roquan Smith manning the middle of this defense? Is it Christian? Like, it, it most likely in this game, with all those weapons we talked about, you're going to see Christian Jones and Alec Ogletree. I mean, how are we how are we feeling about that? Even for people in the chat, definitely chime in. How are you feeling about that duo of linebackers to man the middle of the defense and not only have to Again, stop James Conner, who's been pretty productive in the run game as of late with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins out, but they also have to drop back in their zones and, you know, defend the middle of the field where Zach Ertz, who's another guy we didn't met, forgot about him. He's been, man, he's been doing some good things in the middle of the field like the Bears tight ends have done when they actually call plays for them, but he's been productive there. I don't like that at all. I <laughs> like to be completely honest, Mason. So that's one area. You talked about Artie Burns in place of a Kindle Vildor. I'll say in this specific matchup, I think I do want the bigger corner in Artie Burns with some of those guys you're going to see on the outside, like an A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins. But still, he got burned on that double move. He did play better in that Detroit game, but it's no easy task. Like if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, which, you know, that means I'd have a very luxurious home. I have great great hair which whatever but um he i would look at that side of the field and where Artie burns is at and you're gonna test them and you're you're gonna have to th roll safeties that way and see how that kind of goes with your coverage so sean desai he has a hell of a task this week and i feel like that's been we, we've said that a couple times that's for sure mason so yeah go ahead 
Yeah, and, was, and that's not even getting into the nitty-gritty of how what the Cardinals do on offense, talking about how often they use screens in the play action, right? Cardinals use screens 16.2% of the time, which is first in the NFL, and we've seen how the Bears cover screens not very well most of the time. <laughs> uh, play action 36.6% of the time, which is second in the NFL, and obviously that play action is something that if you have a linebacker that's been in there in a little bit, which like a Christian Jones, maybe a Caleb Johnson gets a couple plays here and there, do they bite on that? Uh, and then they do so well in the red zone, which is, so if you let them in there, they're more or less going to score. At 70.5% of the time, third in the NFL, on third down, they rank seventh in the NFL in terms of their conversion there. I mean, it's just they're chugging along, chugging along. It just, it doesn't stop. And they're one of those teams that really define what the NFL is becoming in terms of the spread, right? They run three to four wide receiver sets, like no problem. Every once in a while, they might even have like a fifth one out there. And one thing we know that the Bears have really struggled with is communication. We've seen that a lot of times you're, they're not playing man, they're playing zone, they're trying to pass off receiver routes and that hasn't gone well. So they do very a good job of those short intermediate routes, crossing routes across the middle. You know, then all of a sudden you do have those deep shots to a DeAndre, to a Christian Kirk. It's literally this offense is the worst thing that the Bears defense can go against because it highlights all the things that they're really bad about. Bad, bad, uh, bad handling. No, definitely. And I'm going to address something in the chat real quick from uh, Dark Vader 800 says, I would blitz Murray every play, send the house and kids. The only problem with that, and just kind of looking at the stats here, um, he is Kyler Murray, and I don't know why I made this so tiny, but under pressure, Kyler Murray is one of the best in the NFL at handling the blitz and pressure. So not only is that probably not the best idea, but it's probably one that's going to burn the bears more often than not, because then you're leaving those guys on islands, like an Artie Burns. And even a Jalen Johnson, who's going to be, he's going to be tested in this one, Mason. As good as Jalen Johnson has been in this game, you see DeAndre Hopkins on the opposite side of you. I know he's up for that task. I know that, but it is a, it, it's pretty tough. So I have the stat here. Uh, Kyler Murray leads the NFL and expected points added against the blitz. So the Bears uncharacteristically did that a lot against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, that was against Tyler Huntley and the Ravens, but I would have think they they had some of a of a similar game plan because you're not going to just change it the day of, right? That's not that's not how you do things in the NFL, but they blitzed them. It didn't really work too bad. It didn't work as effectively as they probably would have liked. And now if you do that against Kyler Murray, even though it's going to be his first game back in a little bit, I don't want to test that out. You're going to have to do it at times, no doubt. But if you're living and dying on the blitz knowing what you just talked about mason the communication aspect who your corners are on the on the outside and even the inside we didn't even talk about it. xavier crawford is most likely going to be your slot corner a guy that played i think around 60 percent of the snaps against the detroit lions you're gonna have to leave those guys on islands and hope and hope that your blitz can get to kyler murray because if not he's shown consistently this season he will burn you so, yeah, every way you look at it, Mason, this is not a very good matchup for the Bears defensively and what they do and what they don't do. But we, we, have, to, we have to highlight something that could possibly work here. So I looked back at the Cardinals game against the Packers and what the Packers were able to do a little bit. And what Green Bay did a good job of just containing that Cardinals offense for the most part until the end of the game, they kept everything in front of the defense there weren't a lot of big plays until later in the game in the fourth quarter 
where, you know, they're kind of driving down the field a little bit. But that's, I think, going to be key because Kyler Murray is also leads the NFL in yards per pass attempt. But if you can take away those deep shots, let them try to drive the length of the field, and they can do that. But I, you'd rather them do it the long way, and hopefully you know, maybe there's some mistakes, whatever it may be. But for the most part, Green Bay did a good job at that. They forced some turnovers. Like I, I mentioned that one interception at the very end, miscommunication on their part. But Green Bay limited Murray in that aspect of the big chunk plays. And if the Bears can replicate that, which – uh, look, I'm not very confident saying that, but if they can, that's going to help them to be successful in this matchup. Mason, as we look at this, and is there any other areas that the Bears can possibly do or that, you know, hey, if, if this goes well for the Bears' favor, this could – and I, well, I'm not going to say a win, but gives them a chance. And I agree with what you're saying. If, if they can keep it in front of them, like you said – they have a chance, but the problem with that is you need a lot of gang tackling, which the Bears yeah. have not been great at tackling. You need speed to be able to cover. They're missing Roquan. Uh, you need to be able to generate a pass rush with probably only your front four, which that might be the the little thing that can do it, right? Uh, the offensive line for the Cardinals, they're not like amazing, but they're also not bad. So they're right in the middle there in terms of a lot of their, their advanced stats and so can a Robert Quinn generate pass rush on his own? Can a Travis Gibson generate pass rush on his own? Can a Bilal Nichols flash and get upfield, right? And can, Tong, can Tonga clog up the lanes and take up double teams and things like that? It really, I think, has to start with those front four to allow the secondary to play right with everything in front of them. If you don't have that, if Kyler is just sitting there, if they're able to move the pocket, roll out, and all of a sudden, you know, you have Robert Quinn trailing, by five yards, then no, you're going to have a really long day. The positive to that is a lot of the that front seven has the hustle they have, the grit they have. It's definitely one of the best in the league. I mean, we constantly talk about how did you see how Robert Quinn was able to make that tackle 15 yards downfield, even though he, that's always terrible to say in terms of that kind <laughs> of a play. Um, you're you're talking about hey, were you able to? Did you see a every once in a while when he does flash a ball nickels right make a little bit of that hustle play? So at least you have that aspect of it, but. The fact that that's what we're trying to hang our hat on definitely shows where the Bears' defense is and the kind of upper echelon that this Cardinals' offense is. Yeah, so I will say one last thing about this defense. What they, what could help them, too, is if you can take out that Cardinals' rushing attack. Like, we, I think we've seen in the past couple of weeks or past couple of games now, Eddie Goldman is returning to form and is playing like his mm -hmm. you know former self before – prior to the lockout season where he's stuffing the run. But you're also seeing, like, even in the game against the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving, Angela Blackson was showing flashes as well, more consistently than I had seen in the past couple of weeks. So if you can have that mixture of those two, and we don't, again, we don't know the status of Akeem Hicks, but if you can have those two playing stout in the middle, kind of limiting what the, the Cardinals can do on the ground, hey, at least maybe that could be one area you don't have to, worry about as much because there's so many weapons in this passing game and all the potential of yards after the catch and things like that from those guys. So that could help the bears. But if, if the rushing attacks being is effective with James Conner, you know, I, again, Cliff Kingsbury has a game plan where all the receivers are involved. And that's the thing too. The, the Cardinals will distribute the ball. It's not like it just has to go to Deandre Hopkins or 
an AJ Green or whatever, they will distribute it. And then it's just like on any given play, you're, you're guessing and that you're being hesitant. And that leads to those missed tackles and all the things that we've kind of seen from the Spares defense from time to time. All right, Mason, it's a tough task, but we're going to get into the next portion of our show with our, our X factors for this game. And I have one on offense, one on defense, but I'll defer to you. What do you got? Where do you want to start, actually, too? Yeah, because I actually I grabbed both as well. Um, I'll go offense. So will defensive coordinator make Joseph's familiarity with Andy Dalton help the Cardinals, or will Dalton know Joseph's defense? Because, you know, Joseph was with the Bengals when Dalton was there. So there's absolutely a chance that Andy Dalton can knows what Vance Joseph is going to bring, bring, you know, maybe some of the blitz packages, understanding some of the personnel groupings, things like that. But it could, can certainly go the other way where, you know, uh, Vance Joseph knows Dalton's tendencies, understands where, you know, where his eyes go, where his light, where the ball is going to go, how to rattle Dalton, how to get him off his game. So it's going to be really interesting to see who can take advantage of that familiarity. No, that's a really good one. I like that a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to throw out an offense one just really quickly, and this is going to sound really weird. All right. An X factor and hear me out before you just click off this, this YouTube channel real quick. It's a mere bird. I'm oh, down. I know I'm going there, but look, he had five targets in that game against the Detroit lions. Mason four were on third down. Three of them were converted. The only one was the, the underthrown ball by Andy Dalton, but those were key points in the game even on that last drive it was what a third and 12 Andy Dalton escapes the pressure is able to find Demir Bird but it's like if he can actually be a part of this offense and provide that you know those first downs on on you know crucial third downs throughout the game man that the, the Bears can take they will take all the help they can get and why not throw it to a guy that had over 500 yards of offense with the New England Patriots a season ago and was somebody that was actually a part of an offense that that helps but hey if, if it doesn't happen then the bears kind of go to what they've been used to from demir bird where we are questioning hey do you see number 10 out there no oh yeah let's let's move on from here so that's a, a small one but defensively kind of alluded to this earlier limiting the yards after the catch i was surprised to see it wasn't rondell moore as like one of the top guys in the league and yet he hasn't had as many opportunities but AJ Green is ninth in the league with a 15.8 average yards after catch. I was like, I, I made sure that all the stats are right. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds so it sounds wrong, but you guys can go look it up. And Rondell Moore, the rookie, like I said, he's also a guy that can create a lot of yards after the catch. He's just so shifty in the in you know the middle of the field, making guys miss, dunking, ducking under people. Like you you go put on the Cardinals Seahawks game, he's doing that consistently. So AJ Green, though, watch out for the yards after the catch. And it sounds so weird to say, but that's going to be my X factor in this one. Now, Mason, let's kind of move over to our backbreaking matchup. And again, which, where do you want to go with this, offense or defense? Uh, well, I did offense before. So I guess I'll flip over to the defensive side for this one. Uh, backbreaking matchup is going to be. Man, I would ex- so I would expect, and this could be wrong. I would expect Jalen Johnson to follow DeAndre Hopkins. So therefore, my backbreaking matchup is going to be AJ Green versus Inari Burns. Um, 
it could be Rondell Moore too. It could basically be whoever he ends up covering. It's again, it's slot versus the world a lot of times. We're sorry, QB two versus the world more often than not. But like like you said, AJ Green, you know, he's being slept on. Uh, I think if you unless you're watching the Cardinals game, like I was just blown away by that stat you said in terms of the yards after catch. Um, unless you're watching the Cardinals games, you don't really understand what he's doing because he's also not doing a, too much in terms of like fantasy purposes either. So un, unless you're actually seeing the impact he has on the game, you don't really understand. Yeah, AJ Green is is playing well in terms of what the system needs him to do. No, definitely is. Yeah, like like I said, Mace, I was surprised to see that too. Like AJ Green, the one of the Cardinals. There's no other one. So yeah, that that's definitely somebody to watch out for. My backbreaking matchup on offense for the Bears' offense going against the Cardinals' defense, and I have it. I have two players because, like I alluded to earlier, Larry Borum versus Marcus Golden, who has ten sacks. Like I said, he will switch sides with Chandler Chandler Jones. So. I have Jason Pierce is on here on two. So the, the Bears tackles versus the Cardinals edges is going to be the, the back-breaking matchup on this one. And, again, they switch. So both those guys who are playing tackle for the Bears need to be ready for both of those guys because they know how to rush the quarterback. 18 sacks between both of them. So have to be ready for that. All right, so a quick announcement for people looking for a cool way to spend New Year's, and I'm actually going to put this graphic up because this is a mouthful. Um, Rizzo's Bar and Inn, located in the heart of Wrigleyville, is hosting a New Year's Eve party. Uh, they'll have a premium open bar, appetizer buffet, a live DJ, a champagne toast, giveaways, and plenty of other cool things happening there. So if you want to be a part of that, I actually just bought my ticket, so I'll be there. You can go to rizzosnye.eventbrite.com slash question mark AFF equal sign Nicholas Moriano M-O-R-E-A-N-O you put that link in there um it helps us the Chicago Audible gets a little money back to support the show but also if if you want a cool place to spend New Year's definitely check it out they have a bunch of cool things going on so hey just an idea all right let's kind of move on now Mason for what we have left in the show and we still we still have plenty of cool ideas and that, that mystery bonus kind of segment that you have going on. So I'm lo really looking forward to that. But before we get to um, that portion of the show, we have to go, who has the edge, right? So I'm actually going to take, I know I usually defer to you with the Bears rushing attack, but I'm going to take it this time. So the Bears running offense versus the Cardinals rush defense. And look, the Cardinals are ranked 14th in total rushing yards allowed to give up about 114 yards per game. The Seahawks average 4.5 yards per carry. And like I said, the Seahawks are not looking very good uh, on offense right now. So I will take my chances with Chicago in this one. But like you mentioned it, Mason, they haven't been as effective on the ground as of late. Last two weeks, the team has had under 100 total rushing yards versus Baltimore and Detroit. David Montgomery, here are his rushing totals the past three weeks. You have... Uh, 13 carries last week, 14 before that, and then 17. And then 63 yards versus Pittsburgh was the most rush yards he's had since his first game against Detroit, which seems like forever ago, week four, where he had over 100 yards rushing. So, so it, it's been an offense that has slightly has seen a decline in the rushing, I guess, uh, production. But I'll still take uh, the Bears' chances in this one. So Bears get the edge here. You have the Bears' passing attack versus the Cardinals pass defense. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's just lay out a couple stats here. Arizona defense 
Passing DVOA ranks third in the NFL. Passing EPA per play ranked first in the NFL. Passing success percentage ranks sixth in the NFL. Passing rank on defense ranks third in the NFL. Literally, you can go the exact opposite end of the spectrum in terms of the Bears' offensive rankings. Again, definition of insanity is expecting to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. The Bears are pretty much doing the same thing over and over again. I don't expect that to change this game. Therefore, there's a significant advantage over towards the Cardinals' defense in terms of the passing game. Mason, I just had no way it's happening. Cardinals, Cardinals get the edge here. Yeah, the stats, the stats kind of indicate that. And then you know this is Andy Dalton and the passing attack, so you have to also play play that into account here. So it makes complete sense there. I get the Bears rushing defense, and I don't know. This seems like I'm a little scapegoat here. Like I get the Bears, you know, rush defense versus the the Cardinals um, rushing offense, and again. I will take the Bears in this one. Um, so since Kyler Murray has been gone, James Conner has become more uh, of a focal point in this Cardinals offense. 21 carries in two of the last three games. Scored at least one touchdown in the last five games. But the, And the Bears did, you know, they gave up 123 yards rushing to the Ravens and 76 yards to the Lions. But, hey, there was no Lamar Jackson in that game against the Ravens. And DeAndre Swift left early. So this is... This is going to be a good challenge for them, especially if you know James Conner is able to play the entire game because the Bears have been kind of lucky the past two weeks in terms of uh, the team's like leading rusher. So, but I think the Bears have had a couple of guys in particular step up, like I mentioned, Eddie Goldman, Angela Blackson, and you know if Akeem Hicks can play, that's definitely going to help. But I'm going to give the edge to the Bears' rushing defense. So, <laughs> again, Mason, you get the Bears. Passing defense versus the Cardinals' explosive and multitude of weapons offense. Yeah, I'm not going to get spend too long here. We spent the entire podcast talking about this. There's just so multiple in what they can do. It's literally the definition of where the NFL is going as an offense. Kyler Murray, you know, blew everyone away in terms of how well he's been able to adapt to the NFL and what he's been able to do. You get you know, DeAndre Hopkins back, which is just going to add to it. You saw what Colt McCoy could, Colt McCoy, what he was able to do in this offense, advantage Cardinals. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself there, Mason. So, again, I'll hand it over to you. This is um, this is now your show. You take it wherever you want to, Mason. Now I'm just going to follow. All right, so this just a little blip. Um, we won't be doing this one all too often, but, you know, there's just been a lot of talk You'll, you'll, we'll explain afterwards after we do this as to why I wanted to bring this up. So, player, little player comparison. Player A, B, C, run through some stats. I want you to try to guess who this quarterback is. One of, and it's within the last five years. Let's say that, too. I'm not, I'm not going back to Sid Luckman time or anything like that. <laughs> all right. So, I'll give you all three stats. If you need me to repeat any of them, let me know. Player okay. A, 36 for 52, 69% completion, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 335 yards, 99.4 passer rating. This is just one game that they played. Player B, 24 for 39, 61% completion, one touchdown, one interception, 317 yards, 85.1 passer rating. And then lastly, player C, 27 for 37, 72% completion, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 230 yards, 106.8 passer rating. Ooh, okay. Um, man, there was a lot of attempts in that. I, is it Cutler? 
for for the first one for, for player a yeah player a uh do you not... want me to say them all okay. yeah what you can say well, say, 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 say who they are they're all different players all three obviously uh so i'm wrong on cutler for a um <laughs> the, the other one didn't sound like and you said the last five years right last five years i'm trying to like we who have we had in the last five years there's been a couple of, oh uh why might I blink? Uh, McCown. McCown's B. He's probably not. McCown's B. Okay, that's your guess. Keep going. Oh, that's my guess. That's right. And then the last one. Uh, anybody in the chat got anything? <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys. And, um, last one. I mean, I'll go Mitch. <laughs> the last yeah, one. This Mitch is awful. Is I'm over three. I know it. So let's <laughs> let's go. So. What we have, player A was Nick Foles versus the Titans in a 17-24 and 24 loss in 2020. Again, about 69% completion, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 335 yards, and a 99.4 passer rating. Player B was Andy Dalton versus the Lions when they won 16-14. <laughs> 61% completion, one touchdown, one interception, 317 yards, 85.1 passer rating. And player C was... Chase Daniel, 27 for 37, 72% completion, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 230 yards, 106.8 passer rating. Why am I doing this? Get off the Andy Dalton train. I'm clapping if you can't hear it on the podcast. Like, it's ridiculous. I picked three quarterbacks that were at the time when they went into the game, played as backups. They had good games, sure, because it, that's what happens. You're a professional quarterback. You're going to have a good game. Andy Dalton is fine. He's going to play somewhere else, maybe be a starter, maybe be in a competition. But stop with this whole Andy Dalton to start the rest of the year stuff. Stop with all of this. You know what, Andy Dalton, just, just cut it out. I get where you're coming from because it's hard to be a Bears fan, but stop grasping at straws. It's awful. Just bleh. Again, I say this. I've said this like the last three weeks. Bleh. I – so – I was great, Mason. Um, the only, I am so disappointed that like, hey, Eddie Dahl just play. You know, I we did say that was it feels feels like a long time ago. So I'll just <laughs> I'll credit to that. But okay, completely off. But it, I, really good point though. It's like, hey, the, these guys have shown signs of life, I guess. Right. So doesn't mean that's the answer. But uh, I liked it, Mason. Keeps me oh. guessing and shows how much I don't know. <laughs> It's, and it's just funny because we get so wrapped up in the moment. Um, I get that, that that Nick Foles game. If you read that stat line to someone, they'd be like, oh, yeah, give us that quarterback. Bears fans couldn't want anything less to do with Nick Foles. So it's just, just something to keep in mind. Um, I completely our, forgot he, he – like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was thinking, like, who quarterbacks last five years? I just – Nick Foles just – just, just right completely avoid him. Yep, so. All right, now going to one of our – New fan favorites. Uh, this one is titled for this week, Bear Down All Carl Calling All Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, so we're gonna see if Nick's gonna bear down with a Bears player or if he's gonna, you know, call out the cards. I'll name one uh Bears player, one Cardinals player, Nick, just gut reaction. Who would he go with uh just to be on your team? That's all it is. We're not taking injuries into into account with this. We're just going pure talent who you want on your team uh we're gonna do an offensive segment defensive segment and rapid fire let's do it all right alan robinson deandre hopkins deandre hopkins darnell mooney christian kirk Ooh, darnell mooney marquis goodwin aj green aj green marquis goodwin or rondell moore rondell moore dave montgomery james connor 
You mean David Montgomery? Khalil Herbert or James Conner? Uh, ooh, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I'll go James Conner. All right. Uh, Cole commit Zach Ertz. Give me Zach Ertz. Jimmy Graham versus second string tight end Demetrius Harris. Give me Jimmy Graham. Sam Mustafer versus Rodney Hudson. I'll take Hudson. Larry Borum versus Kelvin Peachum. I'll take Kelvin. Kyler Murray versus Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Oh man, this this one's tough, and I know I'm gonna. I'll I'll take Kyler Murray. I'll take Kyler. I'll take Kyler Murray. Is the question? Well, and and that's the thing. I don't even blame you for that because it's like I mean we know it. We know at this point more or less what Kyler Murray is. Justin's still a question mark. He could be a top three quarterback eventually. He could also potentially flame out. We just don't know. But you have to ask this question. Cliff said it perfectly. You have to ask that again in three years. Um, I thought it was funny to throw in the Demetrius Harris one because, you know, he just disappeared on the Bears. Uh, got <laughs> ran out of town, basically. But one I would go back, Cleo Herbert James, and James Conner. I was surprised that you said James Conner. You know, I think just watching a little bit more of the Cardinals offense, like he does a lot for them. And, you know, I think it was Edmonds uh, who, who was still sideline or on IR for them as a running back. But he's a guy that you can split out wide. He drew a pass interference call against one of the Seahawks linebackers, a guy that does a little bit of everything. Not that Khalil Herbert doesn't do that, but, you know, James Conner, and I also, you know, I do like the story with him too, just everything he's battled through. And I, you know, I don't know if that's, that's separate from the football part of it, but I've always liked James Conner as a player and what he's been about. So that that's kind of why I went with that one. Kyle Waddle, we need a debate over that Mac Jones, Justin Fields thing. We're not going to talk about that right here because that's a Patriots conversation. But, like, I disagree with you so much. That's coaching. That's a whole other thing. Anywho, defensive side <laughs> of the ball. All right. Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones. Man, all Chandler Jones does is freaking produce. But I'm taking Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn, Chandler Jones. Oh, man, Robert Quinn's been so good this season. I have to go with the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Roll, uh, sorry, Travis Gibson versus Kylie Fitz. Kylie Fitz? Oh, that's right. I forgot. He's, he's on the card. Well, he's on IR right now, but he's on the card. <laughs> oh, he uh, used to work out at Bears Fit. I used to see him all the time there. Uh, I will go with Travis Gibson. Okay, that's why I figured. Uh, Roquan Smith versus Isaiah Simmons. I'll take Roquan Smith. Marcus Golden versus Alec Ogletree. I'll take Marcus Golden. Artie Burns versus Byron Murphy. I'll take Murphy. Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson. Oh, I, love, I love me some Buda Baker. I really do. As of late, I'm going to go with Buda Baker. Yeah, I mean, Buda Baker, he was someone that I know. And the reason I wanted him for sure to be on here, like back in that draft, you know, there was like, ooh, should the Bears, you know, go after someone like a Buda Baker? And so it's interesting to see where his where he's ended up, especially like where with what the Bears ended up doing in that draft. No, for sure. And yeah, I, I think obviously, and he, I think he's just, again, he's been really consistent. Just you, you have to watch out wherever. And we didn't even really mention him in this podcast, but Buda Baker, he's a playmaker, man. So, mm -hmm. um, and obviously Eddie Jackson, we're, we'll, we'll see. I have some, uh, some bold predictions that we need to get to and some things for later. 
All right. Well, that moves us into our prediction section. So which we're going to start with our over-unders. Again, I just made these up. So don't look for these anywhere specifically. There's no prop bets involved. They're just ones I thought were kind of fun. So over-under, 250 passing yards for whatever Bears QB ends up being in there. Man, that's... I think that's asking a lot, Mason. I'm going under 250, and looking like Andy Dalton's going to be that guy, I'm going to go under 250. I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really hard to pass on this team at all, let alone get to 250 yards. Uh, over under one and a half sacks for Robert Quinn. You know, uh, if it wasn't Kyler Murray, I would say over, but I'm going to go under here. I think he's a guy that just makes people miss. So I'm going under on that as well. See, I think that... A little bit of, there's gonna be a little rust with Kyler. So I think True. that he's gonna have a hard time getting out of the pockets as much as he normally would. So I am actually gonna say over on this one. Okay. I think you're gonna like this one. Over under an average of 20 kick return yards for Jakeem Grant. <laughs> he he doesn't even get yeah, I'm going. Uh, he can have one big one that'll bring up the average. Um I'm going under. He has he hasn't shown that he can. Every time he takes it out, you're like Oh, just take the knee. So I'm going under. Yeah, he has actually an average of 21.5 for the season. But for the same reasons, I'm going to say under as well. Uh, this one made me laugh. And I think I now know the answer based on something you said earlier today. Uh, over under, 75% of snaps played on offense for Demir Bird. Oh, well, okay. 75, that's um, it's a lot for him. But they should. I'm still gonna go under because they're gonna look. They that they had a good thing there, but we've seen the Bears. Oh, let's use the tight end next week. No, you're done. Out of here. Not part of the game plan. I'm going under 75% for Demir Bird. Yeah. So uh, last week he played 76% of the snaps. Allen Robinson probably is gonna be out. The week before that he was at 63%. So he actually did trend upwards okay. in terms of that snap percentage. So I will say over just because it's like. Who else are you playing with the Nala Robinson out and things of that nature? Plus, he did show out a bit against the Lions, and maybe him and A. Dalton have a connection. Maybe. And I think, you know, they need, like I said, they need all the help they can get. Uh, I got two more here. Over under two receiving touchdowns for DeAndre Hopkins and his glorious return. I'll go under the two. I, again, they just have so many weapons. And I think there, there could be a rust factor for DeAndre Hopkins as well. So maybe the chemistry, not that the chemistry is going to be very off with between him and murray but i'll go under two i would say under as well i mean as a deandre hopkins fantasy owner in a couple different leagues it's frustrating because he's per he's so good and perfect for the offense but like you said there's so many other weapons a lot of times he gets them into the you know the red zone or something of yeah. that nature but he doesn't end up scoring he just you know he does all the dirty work um all right last one over under two and a half sacks for chandler jones uh He's going to have under that. I think he'll have under two and a half sacks, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressures from, from challenger. I could just see it happening again. They love the switch. So I think he'll have, he'll have close to two and a half, but I'll go with the under on there. Yeah. I would have to say under as well. If, if only just because, you know, some of the, the Mark's golden is going to get his too. So there's a chance that, you know, he steals a half a sack or, you know, split, you know, sorry, splits half a sack or steals a sack away from him. Um, and, in theory, Andy Dalton, the hope would be he's going to find his hot routes relatively quickly, throw the ball away. We did see that. I mean, that's something you did see that Andy Dalton does that Justin doesn't do is throw the ball away. Justin just doesn't really do that. 
No, yeah, and I think experience factor. So yeah. we'll, we'll give Andy Dalton credit when it's due, and that's something that he's shown and knows that he has to do that in order to sustain these drives and keep this offense hopefully moving on Sunday. All right, Mason, thank you for, for you know for your both of the segments. They're a lot of fun, and you know obviously a lot of people like to interact with, especially the last one, and you get to see like again over and unders, but also who you're gonna pick, what Bears, Bears players, Cardinals, whatever uh, the team is. So that's always fun. But now we're going to go into bold predictions. And you know what? This is a great opportunity for people in the chat, too, as well. Drop your bold predictions. Mason, I'm going to you first. What do you have as uh, a bold prediction or predictions for this Bears-Cardinals game? Yeah, I can never decide, so I always I always got to do both. So on offense, David Montgomery scores two touchdowns and rushes for over 100 yards. I think that this Cardinals defense can definitely be taken advantage of in that area. And – while we know that at times Nagy can get away from the run, you know, debate whether who's the play caller, whether it's him, Blaze, or whatever, that he will see like, okay, this is our our path to victory. We're not going to win airing out with Andy Dalton. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, Bears allow Kyler Murray to throw for over 320 yards. Ooh, okay. I, I like it. I like it. For my bold prediction, I have Eddie Jackson getting a pick six he had one taken away back in 2018 he had one taken away from him because khalil mack had an offside penalty and eddie jackson would have been the front runner for the defensive mvp that year if he if that play would have stood but i have the bold prediction eddie jackson finally gets that turnover we've been i think people have been wanting to see that people need to see at this point from him to show that hey he he still has that playmaker in him so bold prediction, Eddie Jackson gets a pick six on Kyler Murray. All right, Mason, who do we have winning the MVP? Not so, not, uh, 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 not so bold oh, predictions. That's right. I always forget this segment, and you, you go first. <laughs> you can think of it because clearly you don't have one. Okay. Uh, nope. So I'll go slow. So for on offense, I think that Cole Komet will lead the team in targets. Um, definitely this could go to someone like a Darnell Mooney, uh, something of that nature. If you just went touches, it would probably be a, a Dave Montgomery. But – that Cole, Cole Clement is just going to be that safety blanket, just big body. Uh, he led the team targets last week against the Lions. Uh, you're probably not going to attack too heavily downfield if you're the Bears, so it's going to be a lot of the intermediate passings. Uh, in terms of a defensive one, Robert Quinn extends his sack numbers, and he's going to get one and a half sacks himself this game. Again, tackles are not bad for the Cardinals, but they're also not you know, Pro Bowl players or anything like that either. Uh, I do think there's going to be a little bit of rust on Kyler Murray uh, that he's maybe going to be pressing a little bit. Okay, hey, so hey, I've been out for a little while. Let's let's show that I'm back. Uh, and and Robert Quinn has just been consistent too. You can't take that away from him. He has been able to get to the spots he needs to get to in order to get the sacks that he's had so far. And uh, he's he just like Nick mentioned it earlier. You know, a defensive player for the month, just well deserved. And I hope it keeps going for him. So do I. Uh, my not-so-bold prediction that I just made up on the fly while Mason was giving his ones that he actually thought of, that Darnell Mooney adds on, not, not in terms of 100 yards, but he has another explosive play over 30 yards. We've seen it We've seen it the past two weeks from him just being a deep play threat. Darnell Mooney at least has one of those in this game against the Cardinals, a, a, a defense that has a pretty good secondary and limits those explosive plays. Darnell Mooney at least gets one in this one. All right. Now let's predict the MVB in this one. And 
I, I don't know if I'm going to contradict myself but from what I said earlier this podcast, but I think Robert Quinn is going to be the MVP. If the Bears have a chance at winning this one, he's causing havoc in, in the backfield, not only by sacking and pr- applying pressure on Kyler Murray, but Sean Desai said in his press conference today he's just had so much improvement in how he's playing the run. So that's going to be a big factor in this one. Obviously, he just won the NFC Defense Player of the Month. Let's see how he can build off that November going into now. December. So my predicting the MVP, I think it's going to be Robert Quinn in this one. What about you, Mason? Yeah, I got David Montgomery and a couple other people in the chat just threw that out there as well. Uh, both Cliff and Kyle. It's if you're going to win, it's going to be on the back of Monty. It's just one of those. It's going to have to be a heavy, steady dose of run, run, run. Understanding, hey, we only only get one yard, two yard, three yards here and there. But if you get away from it that defense is just going to pin their ears back and come after you. And so you have to be able to do that, set up the play action so that you can right, use that aggressiveness against them, hit those short intermediate routes. And Andy Elton has shown that he's been able to hit the long ball a little bit more recently. And not even recently. I mean, he did it in preseason. He did it before he got hurt. Um, he just has needed the opportunity. And I think that's even been more so since he has sat out in the last couple of games. So, you know, the Bears will only go as far as David Montgomery literally carries them. And we'll see how far that will be in on Sunday when we are there at Soldier Field. So, Mason, when it's all said and done, we just talked an hour about this matchup. Bears, Cardinals, Week 13. Best record in football the, the Arizona Cardinals have at that, what, 9-2 and two record. What? Who do you have winning? What is going to be the final score? Who do you got? 38-17 Cardinals for the, the trillion reasons we said. They were seven and zero, you know, to start the season. People like kind of are forget, almost forgetting that they were that good. Um, and I don't know if it was just because Murray being out and DeAndre being out, just stuff like that. It's one thing you haven't really seen this year across the NFL, which is actually kind of fun, is there's been a lot of parity. So you really haven't seen one team take over, and part of that is because, unfortunately, Kyle Murray was out. He's back. DeAndre's back. They're going to reclaim probably the title of best team in the NFL. Mason, I don't have it as, I guess, as lopsided, but I do have the Cardinals winning this one. You just look at everything they have, offense, defense. I think it's just too much for the Bears to handle. I have the Cardinals winning this one 28-20. to 20. Uh, Again, there's just too much for, for the Bears to handle here. The one way they can possibly win this game and so one area where I think the Bears are better at in terms of scoring, it's fourth quarter point scoring. And this is this is a skewed stat because the Cardinals usually don't have to score in the fourth quarter because they've already had the game sealed and done over with. Right now, looking at it, the Cardinals are 28th in the NFL in fourth quarter points, only scoring five. Well, guess what? The Bears are 22nd in the NFL with their 5.6. So if it's a close game, I'm taking, no, I'm not taking the Bears or the offense or the comments in them. But I will say this, when the Bears needed a score on that last drive, the Bears offense has delivered. They just haven't held on to the league, the leads in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They they actually did that uh, against Detroit. But (laughs) again, sarcasm there. You can't tell, but I have Arizona winning. 28 to 20 confidence meter in this one. I I'm at about 7.5 that the Cardinals are going to take care of business and beat the bears should be higher. But again, I, I, we don't have to recap everything that they have. You just look at the two teams, how they played this season up to this point, the Cardinals are a better football team. And yes, maybe weather could play a factor, 
I don't think it's going to play that much of a factor when we when it's all said and done. So 7.5 for my confidence mirror that the Cardinals will win. Where are you at, Mason? 9.9 that the Cardinals okay. will win. I mean, you always have to leave a little bit of wiggle room just in case. But like you said, they're just straight up a better team. Uh, they they showed they were able to weather adversity with Kyler and DeAndre going out. Uh, they show that they are just a better coached team, which is obviously obviously a huge part. Um, they've shown that just that they're they can be multiple, like we've talked about, and literally the exact opposite can be said for the Bears in pretty much every facet. Defense is getting broken down and older. Offense is just spinning in place. You know, 16 points to get, like we've talked about over and over again against the Lions is the thing that you get excited about. When you picked the Bears to score 20 points, my job dropped a little bit, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, that's their ceiling. So, I mean, you picked, you gave them the most points you could. You can't really give them more than that. Uh, so, there's just not really anything about this matchup that would make me say, sure, the Bears have a chance. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I put like if I put anything over 20, that's just unrealistic. I wouldn't be doing, you know, our listeners due diligence if I said anything over 20. That's out of here. I will. There is one thing that I mentioned. I definitely had in my notes, but I don't know why I didn't mention it. I, if this does somehow, some way in God green earth become a close game and you have to rely on field goal kicking, this could be interesting because we just saw what Cairo Santos missed a what was it, a 53-yarder? Or was it, uh, yeah, against the Detroit? It wasn't even close, right? And again, there was a, I guess, mechanical issue and why that ended up being short. But Matt Prater, outdoors against the Seattle Seahawks, he went one for three in, in terms of his kicking. So he he showed some inconsistencies that, you know, there. And if there's some rust factor between Murray, Hopkins, and that offense for some reason, and you have to rely on Prater, and, you know, he's hit some big-time kicks in his NFL career, but... Last time he was on the football field, that wasn't the case. He was inconsistent a little bit. So could be interesting. But, you know, just to kind of wrap things up here and, you know, to put a bow on this uh, week 13 preview show, just want to say, so Mason and I are planning on going to the game, you know, kind of looking past this 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 uh, Sunday matchup against the Cardinals. We, we plan on being at Lambeau Field to cover their game against the Packers, Sunday night game. So, you know, there's obviously expenses and things of that nature. So if you're feeling inclined to do so, and I'm trying to see if I can get this up here on the screen, and I got it. So you can send us a, a Venmo at the Chicago Audible. If you're someone who loves you social media like like me, you, you'll actually see that on our Twitter page. There's actually a little icon. I think it's a little money icon. I don't even remember what it looks like. But you can click on that and... You know, any donation that um, you guys send will go to helping us just cover, what, gas, maybe a place to eat, wherever it may be. I also plan on going to Seattle, and then I do want to go to the last game of the year against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota to cover those games. So you can help us out by sending a donation through Venmo at the Chicago Audible. It is my birthday on Saturday, so if you're feeling inclined to do so, you can, you can do that as well, but... Um, that's where I'll wrap it up, Mason. You got any final thoughts for this week 13 preview show? Uh, the only other thing I guess that pops in my mind is I'll just keep in mind what's coming going on for Monday. I think that's the day that the Bears have to activate Tevin Jenkins, if I if I'm not wrong. Uh, so that's just some news to kind of be on the lookout for more, you know, Sunday evening, early Monday morning. So, yeah, after most likely the Bears lose, look to see if there's more bad news with Tevin Jenkins not being um, activated or whatever the Bears decide to do 
uh, with him. And, you know, I'm just curious to see what he can look like on the football field, regardless of what the Bears record is at. I, I really want to see Tevin Jenkins play football. A lot of us really want to see that happen. So thank you, Mason, for that information. But that about wraps it up. So everybody that tuned in live that will listen to this on their way to work during the gym, like we had some, obviously, Mason, like some people like just post uh, all the, you know, Spotify results of the podcast. So that was really cool to see the Chicago Audible on there for, you know, people that uh, listen to us consistently throughout their day. That was really awesome. So, yeah, if you want to post that, tag us in it. We'll definitely reshare it, retweet you. And, you know, we really appreciate everybody that listens from all around the world. Uh, you guys are the best. But you'll hear from Mason and I after the game on Sunday, regardless of what happens in that, that Week 13 matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.